We can talk after. I'm sorry? We can talk more after if you need. All right. Actually, yeah, give me another cold one would be great. Another Diet Coke would be awesome. Thank you. All right, good morning. You can look at the baby later. Oh, evidently, Beth only dates ninjas. I haven't seen Tim in a special leotard. Uh, so going back a bit, you may recall almost a year ago, when we were in Genesis, we read about God's covenant with Abram. And uh, you remember, God said, bring me a heifer, a goat, a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram bought, brought all these to him, cut them in two, and arranged the halves artfully opposite each other. The birds he didn't cut in half, because that would have been silly. Birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. And as the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. And then Yahweh said to him, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own, and they will be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. But I will punish the nation they serve as slaves, and afterward they will come out with great possessions. You, however will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a good old age. In the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here for the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. And when he said come back here, he meant what? To the land, to the Holy Land, the land that God had promised to Abram and his descendants forever. Well, by the time we're in Deuteronomy, the sin of the Amorites has reached its full measure. And God has his people here in the book of Deuteronomy right on the verge of entering the land. And so these are the instructions he's giving his people. In the beginning of chapter 7 of Deuteronomy, when Yahweh your God brings you into the land, you're entering to possess and drives out before you many nations. The Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, seven nations larger and stronger than you. And when Yahweh your God has delivered them over to you and you have defeated them, then you must destroy them totally. Make no treaty with them. Give them no quarter. Show them no mercy. Don't intermarry with them. Don't give your daughters to their sons or take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods, and Yahweh's anger will burn against you and will quickly destroy you. This is what you are to do to them. Break down their altars, smash their sacred stones, cut down their Asherah poles, burn their idols in the fire, for you are a people holy to Yahweh your God. Yahweh your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. We get a little bit of an echo of this later on toward the end of our portion. When God says about this land, in chapter 11, verse 12, it is a land that Yahweh your God cares for. The eyes of Yahweh your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. And that 
may mean that he has his eye on it like Robert De Niro's character and Heath Fockers. And it may be that he has his eye on it in an affectionate way. But this is a land that God cares specially about. He's been preparing for his people. And these are people that he has set his heart on. Now, so we're clear, Moses says, Yahweh didn't set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples. Actually, you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because Yahweh loved you and kept the oath he swore to your forefathers that he brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that Yahweh your God is God. He's the faithful God keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commands. But those who hate him, he will repay to their face by destruction. He will not be slow to repay to their face those who hate him. Therefore, take care to follow the commands, decrees, and laws I give you today. God is giving his people some marching orders as they prepare to go in. And Later on in Deuteronomy, we're going to get into a lot of the details about that. But in our Torah portion this morning, what we find out a lot about is how God's people are supposed to set their hearts, how they're supposed to arrange their internal landscape as they go to do what God has called them to do. And so just as a way of doing a little bit of Bible study together, On a warm morning like this, maybe we can all stay engaged. We're going to pay attention as we read to the things that God is calling His people to do and the things that God is calling His people not to do. There is no try. Do or do not. So, If you pay attention to these laws and are careful to follow them, then Yahweh your God will keep his covenant of love with you as he swore to your forefathers. He will love you and bless you and increase your numbers. He will bless the fruit of your womb, the crops of your land, your grain, new wine and oil, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks in the land that he swore to your forefathers to give you. You'll be blessed more than any other people. None of your men or women will be childless nor any of your livestock without young. The Lord will keep you free from disease. He will not inflict upon you the horrible diseases you knew in Egypt, but he will inflict them on all who hate you. You must destroy the peoples Yahweh your God gives over to you. Do not look on them with pity and do not serve your gods, for that will be a snare to you. So what is God calling his people to do? To destroy the peoples. And what is he calling them to not do? Not to what? Show pity. Do not show pity. And do not... What's the the last, last verse there? What is he? Do not serve their gods. Why? Because they're naughty. Why? Because they're not God. And because, what does God say? Let's look at the text. They will be a snare to you. Right? What's a snare? A trap. So if you do these things that I'm telling you not to do, 
then you are going to find yourself ensnared, trapped. So you may say to yourselves, selves, these nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? But do not be afraid of them. Remember well what Yahweh your God did to Pharaoh and to all Egypt. You saw with your own eyes the great trials, the miraculous signs and wonders, the mighty hand and outstretched arm with which Yahweh your God brought you out. Yahweh your God will do the same to all the peoples you now fear. Moreover, Yahweh your God will send the hornet among them. I don't know if that's the green hornet. It might be a plague. It might simply be a crippling bout of depression. Commentators differ. The survivors who hide from you have perished. Do not be terrified by them, for Yahweh your God who is among you is a great and awesome God. Yahweh your God will drive out these nations before you little by little. You won't be allowed to eliminate them all at once, or the wild animals will multiply around you, but Yahweh your God will deliver them over to you, throwing them into great confusion until they are destroyed. He will give their kings into your hand, and you will wipe out their names from under heaven. No one will be able to stand up against you. You will destroy them. The images of their gods you are to burn in the fire. Do not covet the silver and gold on them. Do not take it for yourselves, or you will be ensnared by it. For it is detestable to Yahweh your God. Don't bring a detestable thing like a Steelers jersey into your house. Or you like it will be set apart for destruction. Utterly abhor and detest it. For it is set apart for destruction. What are God's people to do? Remember. Remember what God did. Why might that be important? Why might somebody be told to remember? This is not complicated. Easier than that. Yes, Marge? Yeah, good. So I don't mean to be remedial here, but yes, this is why we remember. Because if we don't remember, we might forget. Right? God tells his people to remember. Now, what does he tell them not to do? This gets more interesting. What? Don't covet... The silver, don't cover the precious metals on their idols. Okay, what else are they not to do? What's that? Don't be afraid. What else? Norm. Don't intermarry with them. Yes, Ruth? Don't take it. Don't covet it. And don't take it either. Don't want to take it and don't take it. That really ought to cover everything we need to do about that, right? Or not do. What else shall we do not? Bunch of things here. A lot of things God told his people not to do. Don't kill everyone at once. Okay? So pace yourselves. Okay? Do pace, whatever. Okay. What else? Don't, what? Don't exalt yourselves. Where's that in the text? Yes, right, yeah, before that. Uh, yes, right, you don't, uh, don't think you're all that. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's in the part before that, and yeah, we can include that. Don't think you all that.
Okay. What else? Rob? Uh. Uh-huh. Don't know where else you might burn them. Well, we got some nice specificity. Okay, do burn their idols. What else are we not to? Yes, Carol. Yes, do not bring a detestable thing into your house. What might a detestable thing be? Right, correct, both. Do not bring a detestable thing into your house. This might be perhaps the result of coveting and then taking one of said detestable things. What else? Anything else? Don't look on them with pity. Don't serve their gods. Don't be afraid. Don't be terrified either. Neither be afraid nor terrified. All right. Let's. Anything we're missing? What's that? Okay, and, and where's that? 8 5, yeah, right. This, before that, yes. So uh, know what God is going to do. Okay? All right, let's move on. Sorry. 2 8. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land Yahweh promised on oath to your forefathers. Remember how Yahweh your God led, the, led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes didn't wear out, your feet didn't swell during those 40 years. So know then in your heart that just as a man disciplines his son, so Yahweh your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of Yahweh your God walking in his ways and revering him. For Yahweh your God is bringing you to a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. It's a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. What shall they do? What? Keep God's commands. Okay? Keep God's commands. What else? A lot of things to do. Commanded right here in chapter 8 in the beginning. Remembering. Again. Remember. Verse 2, right? Know in your heart. What's that? Fear, yes. Fear the Lord. We're also not only keep but observe His commands. Walk in His ways. And these, of course, are uh, participles that hang off of the imperative. So really, you can take them in the imperative mood. Walking and what else? Yeah, hang on a second though. What's the other thing? Is there is there walking in His ways and and Revering him. Yes, or uh, praising the Lord as you say. Tim, yes? I love you. <laughs> so, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise 
Yahweh your God. See, Tim is in the advanced class. He's getting ahead to the part that's coming up. Praise Yahweh your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget Yahweh your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, when your herds and flocks grow large, your silver and gold increase, you have season tickets, all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget Yahweh your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through that vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known. Why? To humble and to test you so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, self, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember Yahweh your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. And if you ever forget Yahweh your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations Yahweh destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed for not obeying Yahweh your God. All right, what do we do and not do here? What's that besides praise? Do not forget. Do not forget. This is somewhat linked to remembering. But it's also important not to forget. Okay? Do not... Chris? Okay. Don't think you all that. Right? Okay, what else? Be humble. Yes. Do be humble. Well, that's a lot clearer now. Do what? Do confirm his covenant. How might they do that? Ron? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, every act of obedience really is a confirmation of the covenant, right? In fact, he says a, a, a do not is don't fail to observe my commands. So no epic fails to observe God's commands. Do not serve other gods and worship them. Do not become proud. Yes. Do remember. Huh. Once again. Yeah. It's like we're supposed to pay attention to this or something. All right. So here, O Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to go in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than you with large cities that have walls up to the sky and red light cameras. These people are strong and tall. They're Anakites. And you know about them. You know what they say about the Anakites. Who can stand up against the Anakites? But be assured today that Yahweh your God is the one who goes across ahead of you like a devouring fire. He will destroy them. He will subdue them before you. And you'll drive them out and annihilate them quickly as Yahweh has promised you. And after Yahweh your God has driven them out before you, don't say to yourself, Yahweh has brought me here to take possession of this land 
because of my righteousness. No, it's on account of the wickedness of those nations that Yahweh is going to drive them out before you. Not because of your righteousness or your integrity that you're going to take possession of their, their land, but it's on account of the wickedness of those nations that Yahweh, your God, will drive them out before you to accomplish what he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So understand, okay, just in case we're not clear, it is not because of your righteousness that Yahweh, your God, is giving you this good land to possess. For you are a stiff-necked people. Is it because of their righteousness that they're being given this land? Right. Is it because of the wickedness of the nations in the land that they're being driven out? Okay, good. So, remember this. And never forget how you provoked Yahweh your God to anger in the desert. Because, you know, from the day you left Egypt till you arrived here, you have been rebellious against Yahweh. And uh, then we get the lovely story of the golden calf that Moses tells again. Uh, what, so what are we uh, doing and doing, and doing not here? Remember again. And don't forget again. What else? Yes, Chris. Okay, so understand, I think, is the word we have in the NIV. Understand what God is doing and why. Okay, what else? Very first word. Hear. Open up your ears, jerky. Hear. Hear, O Israel. That's the beginning of the Shema, as Ron talked about last week. Shema Yisrael. Hear, O Israel. Right? Say again. Hear and listen while you're at it. Okay? Yes? Okay, uh, where is that? Okay. Okay, so you're going to occupy, occupy the land. Okay. What's that? Be assured, yes. Be assured. Right? That's good. Anything else? Okay. And remember and never forget how you provoked Yahweh to anger in the desert. So, we'll skip the retelling of the golden calf story and all the other things that the folks did to make Moses angry. And I lay out before you, I stood up for you, Moses said. Did I get any appreciation? No. Yes. Yes, very, very good. Yes, yeah, so you're supposed to remember not only what God has done, right? But remember why he had to do it. Yeah. Excellent. Good. All right. So, uh, and then Moses retells the uh, Ten Commandments story. So, we'll skip ahead to 10.12. Now, O Israel, what does Yahweh your God ask of you but to fear Yahweh your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, serve Yahweh your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to observe Yahweh's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. To Yahweh your God belong the heavens, even the highest heavens, the earth and everything in it. Yet Yahweh set his affection on your forefathers and loved them, and he chose you, their descendants above the nations, as it is today. So circumcise your hearts. Don't be stiff-necked any longer. For Yahweh your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. 
He defends the cause of the fatherless and the widow. He loves the alien, give him food and clothing. And you are to love those who are aliens, for you yourselves were aliens in Egypt. Fear Yahweh your God and serve him. Hold fast to him and take your oaths in his name. He is your praise. He is your God who performed for you these great and awesome wonders you saw with your own eyes. Your forefathers who went down to Egypt were 70 in all, and now Yahweh your God has made you as numerous as the stars in the sky. All right, bunch of do's here. Ruth, what's the first one? You're waving your hand at me. Where's what? Oh, I'm sorry. Ten. I, I skipped ahead to the end of 10, starting in verse 10, verse 12. I apologize. Anybody who did follow me? Yes, Kendall. Oh. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. That's actually yes. Chris, do you want to do you want to describe that further? Don't, yeah. Yes. Yeah, generally speaking, if you're not one of those ites, you are to be welcomed, you're to be treated well. In fact, you're, you're basically to be given every right that an Israelite has if you're an alien in Egypt. God's, God says, don't show any partiality, don't give uh, a native-born citizen any preference in court over an immigrant, but specifically dealing with these seven nations, the people that, they're, that are where they're not supposed to be, and the implication is that... And we get this in Joshua. Anybody remember this? I'm skipping ahead to Joshua. When uh, Rahab, the <clears throat> innkeeper, um, encounters the spies, and, uh, and she says, Boy, we heard about you guys. We heard about Yahweh, your God, and we heard about how basically everybody is toast, and everybody here is quaking in their boots because now he's about to come bring the hurt down on Jericho, just like you know we knew was going to happen. So you get the sense that, that, that God hasn't let, let these people be unaware that they had an eviction notice. Right, so it's it's not like, you know, you're surprised to come home and find your stuff out on the sidewalk. Um, the, the, these people knew this was coming, and it was because of their what that they were driven out, because of their wickedness. They and and we're talking things like child sacrifice, cultic prostitution, some really nasty stuff. So, you know, good God has good reasons to be kicking these people out. So, that answer your question? Good. Okay. Do other dues? What do we have? Dues chapter tw- ten, twelve, and following. Yes. Fear the Lord. Yes, we have that again. Yes, what else? Walk in His ways. Love. Love God. Serve. Keep commandments. I had that someplace. Oh, you keep God's commands, yes? What? Observe. Yes, observe. Okay, what else? Does it say metaphorically? Are you a physician? <laughs> okay. Circumcise metaphorically. That's a problem. <laughs> okay, what else? Do not be stiff-necked. I have noted, God says that you are stiff-necked. Don't be like that. What's that? Hold fast. Oh, I love that. Hold fast. Okay? 
Love the strangers. We got that. Yep. All right. Take oaths only in his name. So do take oaths in God's name. Anything else in 10? What? Cling, Tim. That's hold fast or cling, depending on your translation. Yes. Like glad wrap. Cling to God. Right? So, this is a lot of stuff. Right? Now, let let me um, pause here, because there's a sense in which we're going to kind of pick this up next week. Um, Is anybody here an ancient Israelite? You know, we got some people descended from them, literally, and most of us here are descended from them spiritually. But is anybody here um, on Mount Nebo? Has anybody here been uh, told to enter the land that God gave him? Did anybody get like a real estate deed from God? Say, okay, you need to make this real. Did, are there any any Hivites around that you're supposed to um, show no mercy to? Parasites, Gergeshites. I mean, I, you'd probably just laugh at the Gergeshites. What kind of name is Gergeshite? No. So, in the history of our people, there have been folks who have had the idea that somehow these promises and commands made to a specific people at a specific time well in the past, were supposed to be embraced and enacted. So many of the pilgrims, for example, had the idea that the New World was to be the New Jerusalem, and they were supposed to treat the Native Americans like the Perizzites and Jebusites. Um, However, we don't have any clear record that God made the sort of covenant on the Mayflower with the people there that he did with the nation of Israel back in the day. In fact, we have no evidence that God ever made any covenant with any other nation, like the one covenant he made with his one beloved nation. Do I have anybody who wants to disagree with me about that? So if we're going to look at these commands of things we're supposed to do and things we're not supposed to do, we have to recognize that we're going to be transposing them into a different key. Right? As we talked about before, when we were looking at Leviticus, one of the things that we have got to keep in mind as we study this word, we've got to keep in mind that God made certain promises to certain people at a certain time in the past, and He has called us to be His people at this particular time and place in the present. And in between these two, we have the Christ event which, in a sense, is a prism that refracts everything that came before. So, next week, we will continue to look at the pretty rainbows. Will you pray with me? Lord, we confess that there is so much about Your Word that we find difficult, even when it is so clearly directed at us as we are living today. And we recognize that when we look at promises and commands made to people a long time ago, we have to understand how to read them in light of what you have done since then. 
And so we pray that we would be faithful to attend to your word in the time and place where we are, that we would rely on your Holy Spirit to guide us, to teach us, to enlighten us, to open our eyes to the things that we need to be aware of. Pray that we would read humbly, that we would read patiently, that we would hear from one another as your Spirit speaks. We pray that we would do this as a community of your faithful people. We ask this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please stand and join us as we close our worship time together. Thank you. 